0: Good morning. Good morning. Please join me in the responsive call to worship found in your bulletins. Come, people of God, fully present to this new day. Come to share with God and each other your innermost thoughts and prayers. We come to this peaceful place on a quiet summer Sunday to be our source of. In the depths of your being, know God knows you and loves you. Open your hearts to share in the profound joy of being fully known. We see the fullness in gift of a life lived well, a of life that comes through both action and contemplation. Teach us about your creation, your kingdom on earth, for its fulfillment lies in part in our efforts, and in our hands. Therefore, we seek your guidance through your spirit as we pray that the kingdom on earth be as it is in heaven. Let us pray. God of beginnings, we thank you for this morning, for the light which rises from the east which breaks upon the water, which carries with it fresh possibilities for renewal, rebirth, and return. Meet us here now in your light. God of endings, we thank you for the evening which will come, for the shadow which falls from the west, which flattens itself over the hills, which carries with it contrast, an awareness of depth, dependency, doubt, and decay. Meet us then, Lord, when we find ourselves in darkness. God of the beginning and end, alpha and omega, and everything in between, in time and apart, here and then, we invite you into our worship. May you use this time to teach us and to tend to us and then to send us out into the day and night to attend to your people in your world. This we pray, as Jesus taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses Announcements by adding one that Julianne's not going to mention. Tomorrow is Julianne Center's birthday. Oof. Many members of her family are here today. So happy birthday! Thank you. Now the announcements. Can
1: now go. the announcements. Oh boy! Good morning, everyone. It is thank you, and it is beautiful to be here with you all celebrating it. Um, a couple announcements. There are very very few. It is summer months. Uh, Paul and Laura are, res- are deserving some well-needed rest, so they're away and I'm here instead, as you may have noticed. So if you have any pastoral needs, feel free to contact the church office and I'll be able to attend to them. And then a big round of thank yous. Thank you to our Deacon Jeff Nickel for s- uh, providing Fellowship Hour for being here, for Trevor Yule and Jonathan Steckloff there on the Livestream Dream Team, for Elaine and Beau providing music, and uh, for my family who's here, I appreciate them. Uh, Also, some rooms with a view is coming, if you can believe it or not. So if you'd like to advertise, you can check the details of your bulletin for that announcement. Should be very fun. We're all looking forward to it. Um, Today's altar flowers are given by Brad and Barbara Evans in loving memory of their parents. So if you'd like to donate an altar arrangement in the future, you can contact Pam um, and finally, we are, we're done with summer beach services with our church. This, we led it this morning. It was beautiful. I'm sure my hair looks like a mess because of it. And First Church will be serving next, uh, next Sunday. And they're casual, they're beautiful. It was a gorgeous morning. Finally, Mercy Learning Center's women literacy program is seeking volunteer tutors. So if you'd like to help teach English or basic reading and math, you can contact the uh, information Amy Rivera which is found in your service bulletin. Apart from those opportunities and announcements of church service, it's just a joy to be with you all and to engage in music and prayer. into a time of quiet prayer and contemplation with such joy and music and strength in our hearts I do ask you to keep the following people in your hearts and minds and spirits first we pray traveling mercies for all those who are traveling these summer months we pray for all those who are ill or injured as well as those who are expecting or recovering from procedures we pray for our youth who are embarking on new adventures at new schools and colleges and for their parents who will miss them. We pray for all those who struggle with mental illness, that they may feel loved and supported and receive all the multifaceted channels of care that will contribute to healing in their lives. And we pray for our seemingly broken world, nation, community, lives. We pray that we may find our way forward in our struggles for greater equality and justice and peace. And we know that a short prayer list in the summer month does not mean that there's a shortage of suffering. And so we just pray for all those who haven't reached out, all those who don't know where to turn, that they may not feel alone and they may feel loved. So with these concerns and all of those in our hearts and minds, let us come to the Lord in prayer. Lord of all love and all light, spirit, spirit, In and amidst us holy and whole creator you have brought us here to this morning to this church to this chapter of our lives to the collective life of our community for some purpose we know not what Lord for we see in part we know in part we act and understand in part even as we are fully known fully seen fully understood and fully loved. It was in love that you knew us in our mother's wombs, where whether or not we chose it, we were born into the chaos of your creation. And it is love now that bids us onward through this time and its changes. It is is love, Lord, that will lead us home someday. And so we invite you to invite us into the mystery that is our time and its end amidst this eternity that you call your kingdom. Lord of all light and all of love, we we ask for just a taste of your totality, for just a taste of your whole and complete existence, for what is ours to experience, all of it, the planting and the plucking The weeping and rejoicing, the mourning and dancing, beginnings and endings, and everything in between. Like your son in the garden, we lift up our cups, and even in our doubt, in our questioning, even in our hope that you might remove the cups that are ours to drink, we drink. We surrender. We do not ask you to change, Lord, but we ask you to change us. Change our hearts and strengthen them. Change our minds and make them clear. Change our circumstance so that what is rugged may be smooth. May you lead us, Lord, as we walk beside still and rough waters. May you lead us in our particular paths of righteousness. May you restore our individual souls and our communal souls. For your name's sake. For though we call you by so many names, Lord, most of all, we call you love. And it is in that name that we pray. Amen.
0: As we move into our time of offering, I'm reminded of a story about a little wave bobbing along in the ocean, having a grand old time. He's enjoying the wind and the fresh air until he notices the other waves in front of him crashing against the shore. Oh my, this is terrible, the wave says. Looks what's, look what's going to happen to me. Then along comes another wave. It sees the first wave looking grim and it says to him, why do you look so sad? The first wave says, you don't understand. We're all going to crash. All of us waves are going to be nothing. Isn't this terrible? And the second wave says, no, you don't understand. You're not a wave. You're part of the ocean. This story always reminds me that we're part of something bigger. And in that spirit, our morning offering will now be received.
1: join in our unison prayer of dedication God of ages past you have blessed us with this present and all the richness of life that it contains please accept our gifts of time and resources using them to accomplish your vision for the age provided to us amen Good morning, once again. God, I love this place. (laughs) So as we turn to today's scripture and our message, let us pray this time honored prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So a little bit of context before we jump into scripture. Today's scripture comes from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. He wrote in the sixth century BC, 600 years before Jesus, in a turbulent time for the nation of Judah, a time of political and social upheaval like the nation had never seen. During the time in which Jeremiah wrote, not only did they lose their king, King Josiah, but the rival nation of Babylon rose to power, defeating both the fearsome neighboring nations of Egypt and Assyria, nations far greater than Judah. Then after these exploits, Babylon came to fight Judah. Judah revolted, Babylon fought back. Judah revolted, Babylon fought back, overtaking the capital Jerusalem and destroying the temple. Temple, which was not only the center of political life, but also the center of religious life, the symbol of God's presence in the world, the symbol of Israel's chosenness among nations. To see the temple destroyed was to face abandonment, an upheaval of every promise that the Lord had made to the nation. So not only did the Babylonians send the nation of Judah into exile, it sent them into an existential crisis an existential crisis, which was Jeremiah's, as a prophet, to bear. And so today, on this day in the year of our Lord, 2022, about 2,600 years after Jeremiah spoke, we return to his word, the very first chapter, before the death, before the destruction, before the exile and crisis, to how Jeremiah found his voice and his call, how he came to be a prophet. And we read his words as he says, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth for all to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over the nations and kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of our Lord, thanks be to God. And before we dive into the words of this great prophet and what I think they're saying to us today, to me today, I want us to turn to the words of another great prophet one a little bit more modern, Joni Mitchell. Because I'm gonna be really honest with you all, it's a joy to be with you this morning. I have some very special people in the pews, but I also have a very special feeling creeping up in my gut, and I think the feeling is best called crisis. Perhaps not the existential crisis that the nation of Judah faced, but crisis nonetheless, because like our Jeff was so kind to announce, tomorrow is my birthday. Tomorrow I turn 25, a quarter of a century. And all week I've been wrestling with this, with what this year, this thing called aging means to me, and I hear myself, I know 25 is young, I know. But I also have always been someone who tries to seek meaning in birthdays and in times and ages to make rhythm out of life and time. For example, in my very first sermon here at Southport Congregational, I told my faith journey story, how on my 18th birthday, I was baptized. It was also the day I packed up my family Subaru to drive across the country to turn to a new life and leave one behind. My first adult decision was to follow my gut, to follow Christ, to follow whatever that tugging in my soul and my heart that was yearning for adventure was for a different life. Five years later, again to the day on my 23rd birthday, I packed up another car this one my own, and I drove off again to follow my gut, to follow Christ, to follow that yearning, that tugging in my soul that was leading me here, to Southport, to you all, to Yale Divinity School, to this life of ministry that five years before I could not possibly have imagined. And I did this on purpose because I thought that if I tried hard enough, I could make time my own. I could define my own narrative. I could shape my time and my life according to my will, make meaning as I desired, count the years like syllables, like a meter, and give them rhythm and purpose. I Thought that if I tried hard enough, I could make poetry out of time. But this week, as I sat down to write this sermon, I wasn't so sure. You see, I'm a little bit terrified of this birthday. I'm a little bit terrified because I feel like I'm kind of losing my youth and my innocence. Terrified because I feel like after this summer at the hospital, I already have. I know that the road that God is calling me to, the robe of this robe, is a a difficult one. And I'm terrified because I feel like I might have lost control of the wheel. Like I'm no longer in charge of the story. Like time might be making poetry out of me. And in the midst of this questioning on the nature of time and how it shapes us, I remembered a particular song, a favorite song, a song that's been stuck in my head during this crisis that I'm sure many of you know, it's called Both Sides Now. Now, I don't know if you know it, though I will be playing it during coffee hour. You better believe that. But it is a song that moves beautifully and tragically through perspective, through imagery of rows and flows of angels' hair Joni has looked at clouds from both sides. Through moons and Junes and Ferris wheels, the dizzy dancing way that you feel, she's looked at love from both sides. And through tears and fears and feeling proud to say I love you right out loud, she's looked at life from both sides. And through it all, through looking at these both sides from top to bottom, from give and take still somehow, She says it is clouds and loves and life's illusions that she recalls. She concludes by saying she really doesn't know any of these things. She really doesn't know life at all. It's a powerful song. It's been acclaimed by music reviewers as a masterpiece. And if you go to the YouTube page, you'll see some comments that show that it hasn't just guided me through existential crises. One person writes, as a middle-aged man with my body bruised and my heart hardened and taught not to complain, and not to cry, I find myself sobbing uncontrollably. Another writes, at 37 years old, this song makes me realize how precious time is, how everything just drifts by almost unnoticed, like clouds. When I think of loved ones who have passed, or relationships that have ended, friends I've lost, the things that should have been said but weren't, this song reminds me not to let those fleeting moments just slip away. And another writes, as I face the end of my life, this song means so much to me. I've tasted so much of the song in my life, but I am content. I will miss my wife and my family, but I'm at peace. Thanks, Joni. This is a song that conveys a kind of eternal wisdom, some kind of wisdom with the potential to help people. But Joni Mitchell wrote that song that brings grown men to tears at the age of 23. Critics may ask, Joni herself asks, I ask, how can you say that you've looked at life from both sides? You're too young. How can you write with such wisdom? You haven't experienced enough of life to speak to the nature of it, but maybe knowledge, maybe wisdom is something more than the sum total of days that we've lived, of books that we've read, of life events that we've experienced, maybe, Wisdom comes from somewhere else. So now, let us move from 1967 to 600 BCE, from our modern pop prophet to our ancient run, from Joni to Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah, like Joni Mitchell, was perhaps too young to carry the message that he was called to carry. He was called to carry a heavy message, one that would bring more than men in YouTube comments to their knees, one that would bring a nation to its knees. Jeremiah carried a message of destruction, of loss of identity, of hope, of home. Unlike all the other prophets of the Old Testament, he didn't just talk about the fall of the temple. Scholars say he was the only one to actually witness it, to live through it. His message was essentially this, it's too late. The damage is done. Something irrevocable has been lost and we're now living out the consequences of it. And like those of us who have ever experienced this kind of message, who have ever had to live with the consequences of our actions or of someone else's, who have ever felt deep regret when it was perhaps too late to repent, who have ever seen things they didn't want to see, who have ever seen the cup fall out of their hands and shatter. Know that you can be sorry, but you can't put it back together the way it was before. Just like this, Jeremiah was mourning alongside his people. In Jeremiah 8.22, he writes, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? In other words, is there no one who can help us? In Jeremiah 9.1, he laments, oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears that I might cry day and night. In other words, is there no way that I can express how truly deeply mournful I am? All I have is language. Doesn't feel like enough. I mention these verses just to note that Jeremiah would be deeply shaped, deeply scarred by time and by his call. To show that time changed Jeremiah, that time made poetry out of him quite against his will. Time made him old while he was still young. I mention these verses because I fear that time might be doing this to me as well. And I fear that many of you might feel the same way. Like somewhere along the way, time has taken something from us. Like we're a little less whole than we began. As Joni writes, something is lost and something is gained in living every day. And I don't think that we prophesy, that we live, that we lose for nothing. Something might be lost, but I believe that Jeremiah and Joni remind us too that something is gained. For just as the Lord reassures Jeremiah when he doubts his own ability to carry the weight of his message, his ministry, his life, and his call, the Lord says, don't say I'm only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. You see, the Lord gave Jeremiah a vision, a purpose greater than himself, a beautiful, poetic, painful vision an almond tree. And though young, it was Jeremiah's call to speak this message. Similarly, I believe that the Lord gave Joni Mitchell a vision, a purpose greater than herself, a beautiful, poetic, painful vision, words to a song, rose and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air, feather canyons everywhere. Similarly, I think the Lord gave me a vision, a life I don't yet understand a life in which something has been lost innocence maybe yes but something has also been gained you all this in fact i believe that the lord gives each of us a vision a message a ministry of our own and while we might not be the ones who get to define it while we might not be the ones who get to craft poetry out of time I have faith that God will make poetry out of us. The key, then, is not to force it. The key is to listen to the message. The key is to not to try to change our lives, but to let our lives change us. To be affected by them. To be molded by them. To let time move us closer towards that purpose that is higher than us. That eternal wisdom. The key is to follow our gut. To follow Christ. To follow whatever that tugging, that yearning in your soul is. And the key is not to let any age, any amount of time stop us. For I can just as easily hear God saying, do not say you're too old. As I can hear him saying, do not say you're too young. In fact, God told another prophet he wasn't too old to follow him. To bear generations. He said that to Abraham, the father of Judah the father of Israel, the father of Judaism, of Christianity, of this whole story. Do not say I am too old. It seems that the point is not about time. The point is not about age. It's not about the 25th birthday that I have to manage the existential wranglings of tomorrow, and it's not about my innocence. The point is not about time, but our willingness to be changed by it. They say that life is long if you know how to use it. But I think that life is long if you know how to be used by it. If we know how to count the gain among the losses. If we know how to find the poetry in it. If we know how to trust God, our souls work amidst it. And I hope that when I come to the end of life, like those people in YouTube comments and not just the end of my youth, I'll be able to say that I was changed by time, by life, by God. I know Jeremiah was. And I know that Joni Mitchell was too. You see, she didn't just record both sides now when she was 23 in 1967. She also recorded it when she was 56 in the year 2000. And the song sounds different. In 1967, the song was sweetly optimistic. It had an energetic quality. As a young woman, she was curious, she was eager. She didn't know what lessons she was learning. But in 2000, the gentle guitar is swapped for orchestral strings. Her own voice is huskier with age. The song is transformed to be sadder and wiser, weary of the tensions but aware of the mysteries. And she didn't just stop there. She also performed it just a few weeks ago at Newport Folk Fest. And a lot of people cried. It was really beautiful because time changed her and she let it. But that wisdom that she wrote when she was 23 remained eternal. Wisdom is eternal, though our interpretation of it changes. We are eternal. Whatever that tugging in our soul is, our purpose is eternal, even though we change. Our callings, our messages have an eternal source, though they change. And so as we go into the day, the week, the years ahead of us, and as we reflect on the days, the weeks, the years behind us, I pray that we may see the poetry in our time. I pray that we may see the poetry in our souls. I pray that where there is loss, we may see something gained. And I pray that we may see something like an almond tree, like Jeremiah's vision, something like a song, something which bears fruit, something which bears wisdom, something which bears God's eternal indelible mark. Amen. God put in Jeremiah's mouth. His message for the nations on time reminded me of another verse from Ecclesiastes, which reads, "For everything there is a season, and every time under map, for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And so, whatever this time is for you, whatever season you find yourself in, in that eternal, ageless wisdom of God, I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you, that the Lord lifts his face upon you, that the Lord gives you peace, gives you rest, gives you poetry. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.